He says he's really good at Final Fantasy VII, but he also listed it as the worst game ever made. So I'm like, <laughs> that's a fantastic opinion I want to have on the show. <laughs> Grab your comically large swords. It's time for XP Quest. And of course, with me this week is my co host and fellow conspirator, Raytech. Greetings, all. Woohoo! Uh, we are recording this live August 11th, 2016, and this is the Final Fantasy VII episode. Woo! Golf clap. What have I done? <laughs> what have you done? What have I done? When I suggested this, I had no idea what I was getting myself in for. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Did, I had no idea Final Fantasy ga- games, Japanese JRPGs, or even just, just the genre itself, was so anime. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to get into how they just completely went off the rails. <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh my God! So, I, I I guess starting off, how how's your week going? Uh, week's going pretty okay, except the the Australian census was a debacle that anybody else that in the, uh, <laughs> I suppose the IT industry would think, oh yeah, hang on, maybe having a few million people trying to log on to a server at one particular time, or or maybe encourage them to maybe spread it out a little bit. But when the uh, the servers fall over, people start to go click the refresh button just a little bit. <laughs> Even if, like, say a couple million people do that two or three times, generally results in a DDoS attack. Yeah, that that, that happens. You'd think they would have so, learned from the uh, Pokemon Go debacle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, come on. Australians <laughs> are a little bit more backward than that. <laughs> We're not even get. We're not getting fiber to to the home anymore. With our <laughs> new we're in infrastructure rollout, we're getting fiber to Node, Aww. so we're getting subpar internet. Which, uh, admittedly, a hundred get hundred megabit down and forty up is about five six times better than what we've what I've got now. So I'll be happy for that. Yeah, that that's that's a lot higher than the standard cable provider here in mm. those states. So <laughs> I, I'd be happy with that as long as the price is okay. So yeah, yeah. Uh, on my end, uh, my world has been turned upside down because of a puppy. Uh, and, and who who conned you? So the wife did, did you the, want it? <laughs> the wife and the kids wanted like another playmate for our two year old puppy, which I jokingly still call it a puppy. Puppy, it's a fifty five pound mm-hmm. puppy, right? And then we went out and we found a. Uh, you can't go to a a a, a dog store, right? And look at puppies and not buy one, right? Especially when you want a dog. So that was mistake number one. Number two, we got one that's like, they said it was eight weeks old, but when we did the math after the fact, it was like, it had just turned seven. So I'm like, okay, now we have a seven-week-old thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Long story short, we're, 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 
we're like a week into training it, you know, potty training it, trying to crate train it, but it is very loud and annoying when you walk away. And so you might hear it throughout the show. So just to throw that in there. <laughs> well, I've got the other end of the spectrum, a 19-year-old cat who likes to uh, <laughs> come into the room and announce his presence whenever he, whenever he decides to come in. So uh... the, the old man is always welcome on the show. <laughs> <laughs> You drink well, let's say no i'm actually uh, abstaining tonight uh, i just uh kegged a homebrew it is a grapefruit ipa that i made it took really? like three months to make this and it is tasty i have a liter glass of it in front of me and this great is what... grapefruit yeah, it's a grapefruit IPA. It has actually like grapefruit peels that I soaked in vodka that we just dumped into the secondary fermenter. It was wonderful. Uh, oh, it's so tasty. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for that. Dangerously <laughs> alcoholic too. So, uh, well, I'll works. be having one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, shout out to everybody on Mixler. Uh, we see people filtering in and out. They probably are terrified of our discussion about puppies and Australian census rules. So let's get into the main show topic. Uh, tonight yeah. we're talking about Final Fantasy VII, the finalist of the fantasies. Except for I'll take the, word for that. Except for the, uh, the, the six and a half that came after this, I'm guessing. I Okay, right off the bat, I just want to start with a bitch fest, okay? Mm-hmm. How dare they call them Final Fantasy? <laughs> Final Fantasy, it's just such a joke because it's like, oh, Final Fantasy, you know, 18. You're just like, ah, finalize it. Well, there's there's that and the fantasy part of things. That is very true. Okay, I suppose us Westerners have divided our fantasy into classical fantasy and science fiction fantasy. Yeah. And... The first six Final Fantasies, like, they tugged on my heartstrings. They were great. The first one, mm-hmm. classic NES game. Uh, the second and third were okay when you played them, you know, the, the Japanese ports years and years later. Uh, in America, Final Fantasy II is actually Final Fantasy IV. Classic game, because that's the one where you start getting airships, and it was a it was a SNES title. It was a you know it was on the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. um, right. 16-bit, all you know pixelated uh, uh, sprites and stuff. And then uh, Final Fantasy V was very forgettable. I remember playing it and beating it, but I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> okay, here's a question, uh, because Final Fantasy VII is my first dipping of the toes into this this madness that they call a, a story mm-hmm. was the stories in the previous um games as deep and uh, i wouldn't say convoluted but i think that's about the best word i can pros- possibly think of were they stories as absurd um, <laughs> absurd deep crazy um all of the above at points, yes, but for the most part, they follow very, you know, classic ingrained, like, fantasy tropes. Does that make sense? Like, it's right. It's not just over-the-top insanity. But the, the big differentiation mm-hmm. between 
pre-Final Fantasy VII and post-Final Fantasy VII is Final Fantasy VII is where they split off of the traditional, you know, swords and magic um, stuff. And they started getting more into, like, futuristic sci-fi stuff. So you had people mm. with machine guns. You had robots and stuff like that. Like, you know, you, you're blowing up reactors and stuff. In Final Fantasy yeah. VI and before, it was all, you know, castles and towns and magic and, ah. you know, and wizards and stuff. And Six did have a little bit of a steampunk-esque thing going for it which is it was fantastic for the time because it was a little bit different but it wasn't crazy different you know you could sort of accept mm -hmm. the fact that there was people making steam machines you know and, but you never really interacted with them and it and, yeah. and it wasn't like you know it wasn't magic versus technology whereas in final fantasy 7 that's like one of the big plot you know underlying plot devices you know it's like the earth versus you know technology <laughs> so I think that's why I loved the previous ones. And when Final Fantasy VII came out, I tried to play it originally. Uh, I tried playing it on PC because at the time I didn't own a uh, PlayStation. And even on PC, it it just, it just didn't grab me. It lost my interest. It, despite having purchased it, I just didn't care for it. And I never got past the first disc. What was it? Actually, had discs. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> On the uh, PlayStation version, I believe, and as well as the PC version, it was three CD ROMs for the time. Free, so uh, free DVD. <laughs> with those, uh, with that uh, version, how did you control the uh, the game? So uh, on PC, of course, it was just straight up um, keyboard commands, and really? it was it was very clunky and kludgy. Um, I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back, I think it was even like, it was even like arrow keys to control it, you know? Wow. There was no controller uh, support. <laughs> yeah, admittedly, thank, thank goodness for controller support because it, it made for a much uh, oh, easier yeah. play, playing experience for myself. And at least uh, there was some good person out there that actually uh, remapped a lot of the uh, buttons. So they made sense for an Xbox controller. Mm-hmm which was even better. This was the first game that we've been playing on this show where I actually considered busting out, um, playing it on uh, steam big picture mode on my TV. You know what I mean, cause I was just <laughs> like, worked. as I played it on my computer, I literally had my, I kicked my feet up on the desk and I had my Xbox controller <laughs> across my lap playing this yep. game. <laughs> yeah. It went right back to the controller in your lap. And actually to be quite honest, uh, so I'm actually really new to uh, controllers as such. The first game that I really actually reached out and and bought a controller and actually used it was um, what was it that uh, 38 Studios game? Um, oh God, I'm actually drawing a blank now. Studios. Knight Knights of Amalur. Ah, okay. Nice okay. Amalur. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I was no, it's King, oh, Kingdom oh, of Amalur. Kingdom That's of Amalur. Yes, that one. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That. I'm trying to that recall. I'm like, much... why is that on the tip of my tongue? That was the one where the, the they went yeah. bankrupt and yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Great That's game. The one. It was. It definitely was a really good game, and 
to actually learn a controller with that kind of game was actually pretty good. And uh, just lately, oh, we can, uh, I suppose, uh, branch off on an off-topic on this. Uh, the uh, With the games that have been developed for being cross-ported to, mm-hmm. like, um, other kind of like consoles and that sort of thing, like, uh, say, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which, to be quite honest, plays a lot better with a controller than mouse and keyboard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so, um, my... My 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 real life problem with this game, of course, was I I own this game on PC somewhere, the original discs, and I'm like I'm not gonna go dig that out of a a storage room in my house somewhere because at one point I think I got it on Steam for like five dollars or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's constantly on sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then on top of that, I know that at some point I got it on a PSN sale for PlayStation 3. So <laughs> part of me was like, I should just play this on my PlayStation. But then I'm like, no, I'll play it on PC because you know I already got it set up and I already had it installed. So I started playing it on PC and I got significantly into the you know the in the early game stuff. And that's when we bought the the puppy. And since we've bought the puppy, my PC gaming almost has stopped. And it's sad because I can't come Please. downstairs to play games because the puppy like demands constant attention upstairs. <laughs> so now, yes, you <laughs> here, here's the irony. Now, for the past week, I've been sitting upstairs. And to pass the time in the evening when my wife's working and the kids are playing around the house, i got to watch this puppy. So... Now I'm back to playing my damn PlayStation 3. So I'm like, I've been playing PlayStation 3 all week. And I'm like, if I would have just started it on PlayStation, I could have probably <laughs> been like halfway through the damn game by now. But I'm probably. like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not going to restart this game a third time. <laughs> well, considering it uh, to be quite I've I've played about 11 hours of the of the game and admittedly with the the story uh, as, as it goes I've had to had have periods where I've actually gone, okay, this story has just gone a little bit too crazy for me. I've got to put it down now and just walk away because <laughs> I'm not used to this sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's extremely bizarre. Um, so uh, the the big thing in this game is. Um, you, you're the, you're pretty much play as cloud strife, which is a mercenary who joins the eco-terrorist rebel organization avalanche in uppercase. I don't know why everything's an uppercase. It's avalanche. And they trying to stop the world controlling mega corporation Shinra from draining the life of the planet to use as an energy source. So basically, you know, suddenly everybody's a uh, part of, uh, that that show Whale Wars, where you know we're, they're, <laughs> they're they're eco terrorists, you know. <laughs> so with the uh, the start of this story, again, I'm I'm going to ask questions. Does it actually link back to the the older Final Fantasies, or this is like almost a complete cut? Blank character wise, yeah, blank, blank slate. slate has okay. nothing to do with any of the the only things that really bleed over from the previous stuff is just a couple little little like assetty stuff like um uh, the chocobos okay. and a, a lot of the weird items you know the 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 elixirs and that but if, if i remember correctly even the money the gill or whatever brand mm-hmm. new concept like it used to just be gold uh, you know <laughs> okay and i think that's where it sort of picked up on the 
they sort of switched it over to like a more anime-esque sort of a thing. So all of the previous ones were 100% 2D sprites. Um, and then, of course, the last one was um, it was uh, 16-bit sprites, right? Mm. This was the first one where they switched over to polygon characters on top of pre-rendered backgrounds. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, at the time, it was groundbreaking on the PlayStation to have pre-rendered backgrounds and then decent characters, you know, little colorful characters that are polygons. Um, another well, game... actually, have, having polygon characters is, is a new thing. It would have been a new thing back then. But having moving characters around on a pre-rendered background, or not even a rendered background, a mm-hmm. pixel, uh, like a a picture background, that's something. It's like a bread and butter point-and-click uh, RPGs. Yeah. So there, there's the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> they originally built. They were designing this game in. God, it says 1994, and it was originally meant to be for the Super Nintendo, but then they moved it to the Nintendo 64. But then they realized that they wanted to have pre-rendered movie footage, so then they had to dump it from... This is where Square busted off from Nintendo and went with Sony. And with the era music soundtrack, it was it probably was, was a good move to do so. Yeah. So, uh... Fantastic! I, I I gotta admit the 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 music is kind of catchy and it's very orchestrated and it's wonderful. But oh yeah, uh, you're right. The plot and everything is just pain. <laughs> <laughs> so my my own preference did you preference wise did you did you love or hate the fact that the 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 pre rendered background the pre rendered world it. Took a, 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 I suppose a little getting used to, but not. It didn't actually take me long. To be honest, uh, yeah. once I could uh, at least have like with the um, the polygon characters, especially when they used when they uh, moved with like the characters themselves, like they diminished in size to give the illusion of depth within the picture. Once you got used to that. You could almost visualize the uh, the background as a a semi three D environment to move around in. Yeah. So it, my problem with it was that coming from other RPGs, right, that are mm. very clear cut. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think this out. Very clear cut maps of where you can and can't go. This is like Final Fantasy VII was almost too gritty and too obscure cuz you're just like you're, you're you're lost in a big pile of junk, you know, trying to mm. work your way through a junkyard and and it, it it really hit me because at first I I despised, I hated it. I'm like, "Oh, this game looks horrible." And then I found a way to where you could say you could hold a button on the controller and it shows exits, right? That helped significantly. Mm. But on top of that, another thing that it did is it, it shows you this tiny little, like we'll take the junkyard as an example. Like when you're, you had to cross this huge junkyard to get from one sector to another. When you look at it, the level is tiny. It's like 
but it's a maze of, of ramps and little things that you go around and mm-hmm. it seems like a much longer journey than it really is. But if you were to like, just take a picture of that level, it's like you could just walk across it in just a few seconds, you know, but it's just the complexity of the environment that you're sort of digging through slows not the to, game not, down. The, not to mention some of the puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Even on the older Final Fantasies, that was something that I never really enjoyed at all in any of the Final Fantasies. The mm. puzzles were just too obscure or ridiculous, and it, it it was just like it was like they tacked it on to stop the game progress, you know. <laughs> so I'm just like, uh. uh actually, I don't know. I, don't, I, I suppose Final Fantasy Seven and myself coming from the PC um, point and click adventure type things those sort of puzzles i was actually quite familiar with and i didn't struggle with them at all true (laughs) yeah i it's it's my mentality i just hate puzzles and rpgs (laughs) that's just me uh so i did read that Half the team that was working on Final Fantasy VII actually split off at one point to start making um, the Chrono Trigger for SNES at the same exact mm-hmm. time, which of course is also in Western world almost it's it's also considered like a groundbreaking RPG at its time. Could you imagine two? Imagine a company putting out two just atomic bombs of RPGs at the same time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they'll definitely divide the uh, the the viewing or the gaming public for sure. That <laughs> so um, let's just start in on some of the, the, the these these higher topics. Uh, of course, we we we've sort of discussed the the game setting about how it's like a, a post pop it's semi post apocalyptic, but it's a really industrial sort of science fiction. Mm. Did coming from other RPGs did how how much of that did you enjoy plot wise you know did did you think it was a little bit too over the top or did you actually sort of buy into the fact that you're part of this eco terrorist you know try, you know revolutionist <laughs> did you put on your uh, your 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 what's that <laughs> what's that uh, the revolutionary guy from Cuba did you put on your your your, your Chavez <laughs> did you put on your t-shirt and, and hold your fist up <laughs> uh no not really but i i actually really um sympathize with the with the, the cloud character being a quote unquote a mercenary i did, I had no real background on what this avalanche organization was. Didn't care. I, I was there to get paid. And yeah. that I, I actually bought into the actual role, the, the, the main character's role quite early. And like really uh, like get, got myself into like virtually Cloud's head, um, mm-hmm. even though I didn't name Cloud as myself, but because uh, <laughs> you could. <laughs> so I I was I was the main character, and then as things developed with this whole dating mechanic thing, which I was totally unaware with, it's yeah that got a little bit interesting to, as well. So, <laughs> but yeah. no, I I really did buy into the whole uh, the the whole the the world itself, and more importantly, the characters. Yeah. 
I, uh, I could definitely sympathize as well with the cloud and the avalanche people, but it, it seemed like they were also, they, they, they were too far in one direction, right? It was very mm-hmm. us versus them. And it takes a very long time for me to sort of dig into the avalanche, you know, goal of saving the earth. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's still very, to this day, very topical because, you know, there still mm-hmm. are, there still are, you know, uh, organizations out there like Greenpeace and stuff that are just like, they're the avalanche of modern day, you know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, good times. So uh, as far as characters, they list uh, nine playable characters uh, in the game. I, of course, only made it uh, a few hours into the game, so I only saw a couple of these. Uh, were there any of them that really stood out in their in their their subplots? And 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 do you think that the the developers adequately gave them enough you know backstory through normal dialogue to make you empathize with them? Um, to be okay for the characters that I know of, um, Barrett and Tifa the ones that you pretty much start out with mm-hmm. and maybe even even the 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 um the avalanche cell the uh, the the minor minor characters in within that cell which you don't see later on yeah uh okay if you final fantasy's been out for a while so massive okay spoilers are going to happen <laughs> if you haven't played it already So the the minor characters within Avalanche that uh, get ki- like ceremoniously killed off at one point, you you do feel like you get a little bit of a connection with those. I can't remember Jesse, I believe, is one of the characters' names. Uh, Wedge, I think, was one of them. Uh, I think that I don't know if it, if that was actually a throwback <laughs> to like a Star Wars reference. Yeah, no, maybe. no. Okay, so Wedge was one of the that was actually a throwback to one of the characters from Final Fantasy VI, I believe. I believe right. I believe there was like a Biggs and a Wedge that was in like it was mm. like just the intro screen, but they they were like the enemies that were sort of escorting you or whatever. So. <laughs> that that it's like a nod to the past. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So yeah, those characters didn't quite empathize as much as um some so the basically the main characters. Um Barrett he's he's to me is I didn't find him as interesting as say Tifa. Um mm-hmm. actually Tifa is a little bit of an oddball because you're you as you were playing, you're getting flashbacks of things that happened to Tifa in the past that you'd conveniently forgot, mm-hmm. um, but you remember <laughs> later on, and that the whole um, the backstory between Cloud and Tifa starts to come to fore, and then th- things kind of make sense. Um, Eris. The uh, the flower girl that you uh, inadvertently run into mm-hmm. seems a little bit wishy washy to me. There's not uh, there's not a hell of a lot to her backstory, but when, once you find find out what she is, mm-hmm. it's still a bit still a bit wishy washy. But like the 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 love story that they sort of start pushing between Aerith and and Cloud right off the bat. I I was just I, like it's like you could see it as a setup a mile away. <laughs> well, there was that, but in all honesty, in my playthrough, 
uh, Claire was starting to hit on Tifa. So, and then Eris comes along into the whole mix, and then you just got this whole love triangle thing happening. It's like <laughs> I had that to deal with, and then the um, the earth shattering <laughs> events that come later on. It's like, oh, good grief! Yeah, I think we can spoil this. Aerith <laughs> <laughs> gets just straight up knifed. <laughs> so, so in that case, that I probably chose well. Yeah, so it, it, it's listed multiple places that uh, Sephiroth, you know, one of the, the main antagonists, killing Aerith, it's been referred to as the most shocking moment in video games. And it's, like, been voted on. That that's, like, up there in, like, the top five, right? Which I, I find I could... ridiculous, because I, I, I never got to this part, so I can't say, well, you know, one way or another, but... Ed, admittedly, when I was looking through the wiki and I saw that, and I'm going, oh, my God, this was just so spoiled for me. <laughs> so even just reading through a wiki, I, it, it shocked me. <laughs> Not playing the game, and I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so damn. Some of the things that people say this game are, it's revolutionary for, it wasn't. Uh, so, like, they say that... Uh, uh, you know, they're like an argument saying it's the most shocking scene ever because, you know, one of your main characters gets executed and dies. Well, you know, there, there's been countless things, even in the Final Fantasy series, Final <laughs> Fantasy four, one of the, you know, two of the characters sacrifice themselves to save the party, you know. Uh, later on in that same thing, there was another person that, you know, he basically sacrifices himself to save you guys, you know. And uh, those those really tugged on your hearts, but like, you know, to say that it was the most shocking moment in video game ever, I you know, I I see it well, as it, it, it opens my eyes. But then. Yeah, that is true. I suppose yeah, in the moment it probably was considered shocking, but I, I suppose it would have been also shocking because you, and to be quite honest, the uh, the the whole storyline, the character development, had. To be quite honest, I really got invested in the the game itself to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, I was filling in blanks with my own imagination, keeping like <laughs> like really fleshing out the game and thinking, okay, yes, this is a game that was developed in the the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> and story wise, and even some of the mechanics. Even though probably a little dated, still holds up. Yeah, as a quite a reasonable game. The the obscure, you know, level designs aside, the menu system and the fighting system is straight up classic Final Fantasy. So if you play almost any Final Fantasy, it's going to be almost the same exact mechanics. Um, Actually, those mechanics it took me a little while to get used to, considering it was uh, like a, it wasn't turn based; it was kind of semi real time. Yeah, and um, yeah, so there, there's two ways you could battle. Um, one of them is called the ATB, which is the active time battle, and that's where it's constantly moving, and you can you can't really pause. And mm. by default, that's turned on. So there is a way, there's a setting where you could turn that off. And oh, then really? It's, and then it's actually, sorry, it's actually turn-based to where you basically do your inputs and you wait, you know, for each each turn. Mm -hmm. you know, so uh, you, can turn, okay. you can turn that off. And th that was a feature that came out, I 
think in, I can't remember if it was Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 6. I don't know, one of the two. But still a class, it, it's a classic Final Fantasy feature. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, feature, yeah, first featured in Final Fantasy 4. So, active time battle, the ATB system. <laughs> yeah, that did actually take me a little while to get used to. And then, uh, oh yeah, in this version, in the in the previous versions, if I remember correctly, you could only have four playable characters, and this one did four to five. So, mm, or wait, no, no, I'm sorry, no, four, it, it, three. I'm sorry. Derp. Yeah, <laughs> I have it backwards. The previous games allowed four to five, and this one's only three. So, mm. yeah, um, this one did introduce the materia system. Um, which is magical orbs composed of condensed Mako life energy from the planet. Okay, so did slotting Mako and Materia into armor and weapons, did that, was that a, a turn on or it, it did that sort of throw you off? Well, to start off with, I didn't quite understand it as much as well as I do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only really, that sort of thing, I only really clicked in the, uh, I suppose, the last two hours of my gameplay, which was it basically um, in, in uh, consisted of escaping uh, Midgar mm-hmm. before it all, all, all went to hell. So... <laughs> So um, if, if if I was to go back and play, to, to be honest, quite honest, knowing what I know now, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to actually restart the game. <laughs> yeah, because there was a few things that I did miss that I could I could have actually refined the actual character development a lot better than I did. <laughs> so, um, I equipping material actually. You can make equipping the materia correctly can either be something where that's where you start defining classes for people, right? Mm. In previous games, every player had a specific class. You're like, okay, that guy's a fighter, that guy's a barbarian, yeah. that guy's clearly a ninja slash thief, right? And this guy's a wizard, you know, and this guy's a cleric. And while some of the people, the characters definitely had those abilities. By equipping materia, you could sort of bend around that. You could have uh, a fighter with a fire spell and a restore spell, or, uh, uh, uh you know, the a cleric with a bunch of you know offensive magic spells. You know, <laughs> so yeah. it it, it kind of was a way to sort of b- blend through that. And I think by doing that, it almost sort of. To me, it it felt like it sort of negated the specialness of specific characters. Like you're like, okay, mm. I don't, you know, it's like I, if everybody has a restore skill, then I'm less likely to keep alive the the healer. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, that that is true, but in in my in my case. I suppose I didn't actually take the advantage of actually buying more materia before everything went to hell. <laughs> you just and, left town without buying it. <laughs> uh, well, I bought some, but I again my decisions were poor. Yeah. So I only managed to really have one character, actually one, yeah, one materia of uh, like cure, and that was it. Mm-hmm. 
So if, essentially, I only had one healer. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, see, my my, <laughs> my overly cautious butt gave everybody a restore skill. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, another mechanic in Final Fantasy VII uh, that they sort of brought over from Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy VI, apparently, if I remember correctly, they had something called Desperation Attack. In Final Fantasy VII, it was re-listed re- as Limit Breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, which basically, you have a little limit bar, and as it fills up slowly, eventually you could do like some sort of devastating attack. Or a uh, in, in, in Eris's, you know turn uh, uh basically a heel wall to the party which was wonderful <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i did notice a couple times when fighting bosses that every now and then a boss would do a specific hit that would instantaneously fill up the limit did that did you did you recall any other instances that were like that uh, I don't know about uh, like filling the limit there was one boss battle which uh admittedly uh, the uh, characters I had, it was actually coming out of the uh, Shinara uh, Corporation building mm-hmm. and go- going down an elevator. Now, the, the bosses I was fighting, I didn't have materia or spells that were um, appropriate for that particular boss. So I mm-hmm. just had to whittle that that boss down as just basically basic attack after basic attack <laughs> using up potions using up actually the, the uh, i think it was eris that was going down with that and she didn't even have a cure like a restore on her so i was relying on a limit break to keep the party up <laughs> just like come on limit break <laughs> it was one of the most tense battles i've ever had oh, wow. just because i was so poorly like set up for it if i had say <laughs> Because it was all mechanical creatures I was facing, yeah, okay, maybe a lightning spell would have been good about that time. Exactly. <laughs> didn't have it. Didn't have it. Yeah. You got to have a really well-rounded party, mm. <laughs> sadly. Um, and, and the sad part is, is if you, know, if you know the game, right, or you have access to, sorry, you have access to like a spoiler, like wiki page or something ahead of time. Yeah. You could, before the fight even starts, re-equip all your materia around to where your guys are like, just have devastating attacks against that specific boss, and then right Mm. after the boss, change your setup, you know? Yeah. So, if it was straight up just character classes, you know, then you'd have to drag somebody along the entire time just for that fight, so. Mm. (sighs) Ah. And the puppy's awake again. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yes. I guess we, you sort of hinted around it. Will you go back and f- play this game and finish it just so you could say you've done it? To, yeah. Let's say I won't. I, I say I will, but I can't guarantee you saying on when. <laughs> Namely because there are too many damn sodding good games out right now. Yeah. And especially ones that are just about to be released very, very, very sh- shortly. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, this is on my list of games that I know that I feel like I have to play this game. 
because this game is clearly on a majority people's uh, uh, classic RPG list. Like it, mm. it's it's on like a must play list, right? And yeah. I feel like I have to stomach it, even if I don't enjoy it, just so I could say that I played it. <laughs> because oh, where, where where I'm at right now, though, I I don't feel like I'm far enough in the game where I could say I've enjoyed most of it. You know. For the 11 hours I've spent getting through Midgar and then basically getting out into like a world map type scenario, I have I've I had definitely enjoyed my time with that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Uh, felt like I was actually being for, like, forced through the game or I was forcing myself through the game. I had genuine interest, namely because of the uh, the character development mm-hmm. and also the uh, the music, really. So uh, a In- site that I, I love called howlongbeat.com, uh, it lists the main story as 39 hours to beat and uh, a main story plus extras is 57 hours, which is usually... That's like where you start doing a lot of the weird side questy stuff, but a, a completionist is 90 and a half hours. <laughs> wow. So you're about a quarter of the way through the game, if you think about it. So That's not too bad. This is a lovely site, by the way. You should set up an account. <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing, though, because once you sync your Steam library, it shows you how long it takes to beat every game mm. you have. Uh, hang on. let me. I haven't done this in a while. Let me... Let me look at this depressing number. I haven't synced my, my stuff in, in well over a year. Let's see here. Profile. Says I have 593 games in backlog. <laughs> That's just the Steam stats. <laughs> Considering all the sales I've per, per basically purchased over the years and all the games I've picked up and uh, with sales, yeah, again, with like to the summer sales and such, and bundles, uh, uh, there would be a depressing hour and time, basically result, and uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't really want to do that. Okay, and it's probably telling me I've overachieved on a few games like uh, playing Skyrim for a hundred of a thousand hours. So based upon industry, basically user submitted times. My entire Steam library, it will take me 531 days and 18 hours of non-stop play to finish every game I have. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it doesn't even count, like, non-beatable games like MMOs, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I'd say my library would be around about the same because uh, that uh, is up around about the 534 game mark <laughs> myself, so... I would say roughly about the same for me. It doesn't help that I'm also uh, part of the Humble Monthly Bundle, which I, I'm going to oh. throw this out there. That is, that's not a bad deal. It's like 10 bucks a month, and every month you get like $150 worth of games. That you may never, ever get to finish. Exactly. Or even start. Because of the humble uh, monthly bundle, some somehow I accidentally own you know Black Ops, which I <laughs> I don't know how I I would have never bought that game ever. <laughs> That's how I got Space Engineers. That's how I got Ark. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. good there's some good games coming through there. So okay, <laughs> we're we're digest we're, we're, we're diverting here too much. Uh, anyway. 
So yeah, I, I think on my side, I, I definitely do want to go back and finish this, but I swear to God, once I finish it, I'm I'm uninstalling it and I'll probably never play it again. I it's it doesn't it's not classic enough for me to want to play it in. I would play Final Fantasy VI any day of the week on a dare, you know. Uh, I've never finished Chrono Trigger, but I would totally play that at any point in the week. But for some reason, this game it just ah drives me crazy with the freaking level design. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say like a once playthrough would be enough for me. And honestly, if I had the ability to enable cheat modes and just give myself God mode, I would do it just to, I would do it just to watch the plot and not care mm. and not care about the grind. Does that make sense? Yeah, I've, I definitely understand that. Um, and I, I, I have done that on several games in the past. I mean, especially like the, the SNES era stuff when you had the game genie. You know, there gets a point where you're just like, I'm sick of the grind. I just want to enjoy the. Yeah, I don't want to. I want to watch the plot, but not care about dying. <laughs> so, it is what it it's, is. Even just watching the plot, it's, uh, the Final Fantasy VII will take you quite a fair amount of chunk of uh, time to to basically get through. Oh yeah, I I, I could. I I would probably guess it's easily like 25 hours of cinematics and stuff. They had okay, so in the previous ones, since they were 2D sprites, they did have cutscenes, but they were basically cutscenes built out of the sprites, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a cinematic cutaway movie, it was sprites moving around on the screen and 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 basically, uh, you know, doing dialogue and stuff. So this one, I could see how the cutscenes alone would sort of capture people's interest, but I don't know. Not even just the cuts, either the complete cutscene cutaways to like completely rendered um, scenes themselves. Yeah, but just the uh, like the chatting between characters as you're going through, I suppose the point and click portion of the the game. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think here. In so when Final Fantasy the previous ones were re- released, like re-released on various platforms like uh, PlayStation Two and like the Nintendo DS and all that, they actually went back and added animated cutscenes to the games that sort of refreshed the old games. So uh. if like depending on which platform you play the old ones on. You might actually see some of the new, the newer style animations added to the classic stuff. So uh, that that was one of the things that sort of definitely kept over. And honestly, like I, I remember on PlayStation Three, I tried playing Final Fantasy Twelve, and like that was one of those ones where like I was two hours into the game, and it felt like I was just watching a constant movie. <laughs> you know, mm. and I'm like, it was too much cutscene. Uh, just let me play. <laughs> I, I have kind of watched a few uh, like let's plays of Final Fantasy. I think there was Final Fantasy thirteen that I kind of watched for a little bit, and I, I suppose like having having a grounded knowledge in let's say Final Fantasy seven because it seems as though this is the the point where a lot of the characters launch off from and refer back to. 
Yeah. From the the uh, things that I've seen. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, of course, uh, I'm just drawing a blank. It's the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting Blame in my dog. head. Dude, every night I sleep with a pillow over my head. <laughs> Because at some point he'll wake up just like, ow, 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 ow. He's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> well, that's uh, the point of our cats at the moment. Well, the old man anyway. Yeah. So we have a cat, and the cat hates the dogs, right? And we brought the <laughs> puppy down and set it down next to the cat. And the puppy is so damn small that I think the cat thought we were carrying a stuffed animal because it was like, oh, hey, cool, look at this. And it walked up to smell it, and then the puppy turned and licked the cat, and the cat freaked the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) and went running. Like it was hissing and clawing and went running, and the puppy's like, what did I do? You know, (laughs) (laughs) It was so hilarious because our our puppy does kind of look like a stuffed animal. (laughs) So uh, getting back on topic, the – so – We've pretty much gone through uh, the final Final Fantasy as it is uh, now, mm-hmm. uh, as you can get it on Steam or what have you. But uh, now they, they're looking at like re 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 releasing it, like completely with uh, all new graphics and probably uh, like I'm not sure even if they're going to do like new combat systems or or what have you and breaking it up into like three games. Oh, like the the re, the Final Fantasy VII revamp for PlayStation mm. Four. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did hear about that, and honestly, I'm I'm a fan of that because to me, one of the biggest turnoffs was the damn you know level design. And if you can make it a little clearer, I would probably totally play it. <laughs> to be quite honest, um, with the, this uh, like new re-release, I. I'm actually of a, of a mind to actually stop my uh, playthrough now mm-hmm. of uh, the uh, final, of final, the uh, actual the old version on Steam, and maybe even wait till the uh, the new version comes out and then play that, mm-hmm. depending on what sort of cost it's going to come out to. Yeah. Plus, uh, I'm I'm guessing from what I, I see, it it's only PlayStation Four exclusive. So I'm like, yeah. well, well, there's that, and you know, eventually there will be a Steam release. But <laughs> true, I'm I'm actually like considering dipping my toes back into the console, the the whole console uh, Marvel market slash genre or whatever, and uh, like uh, purchasing a uh, PlayStation Four myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think between the two of us, I think we we've settled the Final Fantasy discussion, correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can start discussing other stuff. Uh, uh, one of the things that I I sort of ridiculously on this subject, this freaking puppy has caused me to pick up my PlayStation Three again, and mm-hmm. I have been I re I start I originally started playing whatever it was installed in my PlayStation at the time, just so I could ignore the puppy and sort of zone out. You know, it's like, I need my games, right? And mm-hmm. Lego yeah, Dimensions yeah. Was, in the, was in the drive <laughs> from the kids. And I'm like, okay, fun game, but it, requ- it requires you to, like, fiddle around with the little game. The toy. Yeah, the little toy thing. Like, you have to yeah. do that. You can't just dumbly play through the game, you know, like a Lego game, right? You have to stop mm-hmm. the game. You have to get up, change a character. It, it gets annoying. The kids love it, right? <laughs> annoying feature for adults. 
So I finally ejected that disc and I'm like, I went down to, you know, my, my man cave and I'm looking through my shelf of PlayStation three games and I'm like, Ooh, Grand Theft Auto four. I want to shoot something. (laughs) I started playing Grand Theft Auto four. I am like 20 hours into that game. I forgot how great this game was. I've, I've beaten it both on PlayStation three and PC and God, it's just so wonderful. (laughs) Just, it's such a great polished game. But then for some reason in my head, the thing that drove me nuts about uh, playing Grand Theft Auto 4 was the thing that they they did wrong was actually the the music system. Like the music, it was exactly the same as the the previous ones, but their song selections just didn't stick with me. So I'm like... I actually what, they went were so so dated, or they just it, it, it just it just wasn't it wasn't a good selection. It wasn't a good variety on the on the music stations. Mm. And I I just in my mind as I'm playing GTA Four, I'm like, I God, I want to get back. I want to get back to 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 Los you know to Los Alamos. I want to get back to freaking Grove Street. So today I went downstairs and dug out from a box in my basement and dusted it off. I busted out my PlayStation 2, took it upstairs, <laughs> plugged it into my high-def TV. It looks horrible, but oh my God, <laughs> is the music selection better. I've been playing GTA San Andreas, much better game, you know, mm. content-wise than 4. 4 was great, and it looks beautiful. GTA San Andreas looks okay at points, but God, it does not. It does not hold up graphics wise. It's very fuzzy, you know. But the yeah, music is just intense. Yeah. I'm just like, hell yeah! Like you're back to like <laughs> busting out some like Tupac and some Dr. Dre, and I've been tweeting about it all night. I'm like, hell yeah! This this is my game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, admittedly, I never got into the uh, Grand Theft Autos. Um, I suppose being the PC elitist, I still am, more or less. <laughs> However, I did actually uh, uh, get into some sort of gangster stuff with Saints Row. Nice, nice. Um, so, yeah. Saints Row is fantastic, but for some reason the, the GTA series in me, I will always argue that it seemed more superior. Saints Row is fantastic, it is it's over fan, the, it it's is over the it, top it's, comical, <laughs> you know? exactly, and it and it's quote unquote fantastic. It go it delves into the fantasy side of things exactly. Whereas GTA is definitely more, more like realistic, you know, baller mm. gang stuff. You know, whereas I, I yeah, I I will admit that I've had some hilarious moments in the the, the Saints Row stuff, walking around slapping people with dildos. <laughs> it is what it is. Let's be honest. It is. So it's, uh, it's a fun game. <laughs> uh, I think it was uh, it was Saints Row Four, where you you literally like base jump or you you skydive out of a, a a plane and you you land on a height like a you land on like a the top of a building and you just start open firing after parachuting in and the whole time they're just blasting Kanye West's power I'm like oh my god <laughs> like that was mm, that, that I can't remember three, if there was four or three 
I think that was three. It might have been three. That that I like when I think of Saints Row, that's the song that just immediately pops mm. in my head. Like <laughs> just like you're just like skydiving into a, a tall building and just open firing and doing ninja flips and oh my god, it's a freaking fantastic opening scene. Like that yeah. was a fantastic opening. Uh I noticed uh recently on I think I've seen it on I think it's for Xbox right now. They re-released a an updated version of Red Dead Redemption by the same people by Rockstar, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, like that game, I I like that's almost in my top ten favorite games ever. That's like a very close top ten. And when I saw that they they had only released it on. PlayStation 3 originally and now they re-released it for Xbox One and I think there's probably a PlayStation 4 version coming later. Uh yeah, it's another game that's totally escaped my radar. Yeah, it's uh it's basically Grand Theft Horse instead of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> okay, it's, fair it's enough. It's a it's a western same game engine but you're you're driving horses and shooting six shooters and uh anybody Do you get a western soundtrack? Oh yeah, yeah. It's got the freaking, you know. It's got that classic. Yeah, yeah. You can't like jump on a horse and suddenly Tupac's blasting. No, <laughs> it's, it's it's straight up western slash Southwest America slash New Mexico Mexico sort oh, of. Oh, nice. Wonderful thing. Like, there's a uh, there's an achievement. It's called the Dastardly Achievement, where you can tie somebody up, you can hog tie them, and lay them on the the railroad tracks and wait for a, <laughs> the train to come along. There's actually like I got that achievement for tying somebody up and leaving them on a railroad tracks. Wonderful game. <laughs> if you could find that on PlayStation Three and you haven't played it yet, buy it. I will always support that game. It is wonderful. Um, and if it comes out, God help them if they release it on PC, buy it. But okay. for whatever reason, they only released it on PlayStation Three originally, and mm. they had the at the time they were releasing you know GTA uh, Four. They you know they made PC crossover versions of it, but for whatever reason, they never freaking crossed this one over to the PC market, and it drove me crazy. I uh, well, fun yeah. fact: I, I got a vasectomy, and I was in bed for like four days. And every few hours, my wife would bring me uh, grilled cheese and some Oxycontin. And I beat, <laughs> I sat in bed for four days and beat this game 100%. And, like, that was the best four days of my gaming career. I was just sitting there, just, like, riding a horse around, shooting people with a, with a, with a long gun. Aside and, from the pain, pain between your legs. And, and pop, yeah, and popping off Oxycontin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are some good days. <laughs> Yeah, so I there's so many good games that came out only on console that it hurts to sort of turn my back on a console. But like f- for whatever reason, I enjoy gaming on PC a lot more. But the goddamn this freaking puppy, <laughs> it's changed everything. Mm. So I see it, myself, <laughs> I see myself playing a little bit more PlayStation, but I don't think. I haven't seen anything yet that's caused me to say I want to go out and get a PlayStation 4. Does that make sense? Mm, true, true. And until there's a significant amount of games that I would want to play, I don't see myself jumping on anything close to next-gen consoles, you know? 
Oh, that's fair. Because right mean, now, the, uh, I, I still got my PlayStation 2 now plugged in. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I think because I've missed pretty much everything, like jumping in on, say, the PlayStation 4 is probably an, a no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it... and. I have seen that they've made a lot of strides to release old games as digital downloads on the new systems. Mm. They'll be more than happy to resell you old games on new consoles. Just look, I mean, go back to our original topic, uh, the Final Fantasies, they will sell you Final Fantasy on whatever platform you could possibly want. <laughs> Uh, probably except for Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I think uh, some of the final, the the newer Final Fantasies are on Xbox as well. That that oh, was really? actually that was a ground. I think it was Final Fantasy twelve. Final Fantasy twelve broke the mold, and they they released Ooh. it on Xbox, and that pissed off so many PlayStation people. <laughs> that oh, you want to talk about fanning the fire? And Square's just like. Please take our, uh, you know, please give us your money. And the and the Xbox people, and I think it actually sold more on Xbox than it did on PlayStation. Oh, just because everybody that had an Xbox was like, hell yeah, I'll play it on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it was the smartest thing uh, Square ever did. <laughs> so, good times. So, yeah. uh, I guess moving on into XP Quest news, uh, you could always send us a shout out at contact at xpquest.com if you had anything to discuss on the air. But I threw down fun, two fun topics that everybody's, uh, uh, it's really topical right now. It's on fire right now on Twitter. Oh, absolutely. Two topics, No Man's Sky and Olympics. (laughs) So which one do you want to count first? The the Olympics could be a quick one. The only thing, okay, we'll get into the Olympics first because I, I, I can talk a little bit more about No Man's Sky. <laughs> so, um, the only thing I've seen on the Olympics is the poor uh, guy who did the pole vault and broke his leg. <laughs> they did. They showed that all over the news here too. <laughs> I, I saw that on Twitter. I, I played the video and once I saw the leg dangling, I said, like, oh, that's enough of me, close. <laughs> Oh, that's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, there's some things they shouldn't show on TV, and that's one of them. Just like crippling, crippling harm to a human being. Like things that aren't supposed to bend in that direction. Please don't show me that. Or flop in that direction. It (laughs) flopped. It swung in the air as he was holding the rest of his leg. It's like, oh my god. So uh, I, I found the Google uh, chart that shows how many countries have won what, and I gotta admit, I, I throw some pride out. The U.S. is uh, at the top of the list <laughs> for 35 medals overall. But I, I will send a shout out. Australia's there at number four. You're being beaten by China and Japan. Well, China, seriously? Like what? <laughs> Well, and and <laughs> Russia's yeah. way down the list at seven, so screw them. <laughs> as long as we're ahead of Russia, it's all good. <laughs> well, it, and with the Olympics, it doesn't really matter that much. I suppose it really depends on like which time zone you're really in. Because yeah. I, I reckon any of the uh, the athletes that are over there now how long have they actually had time to adjust to their time zone? And 
they're probably still suffering the effects of that now. Yeah. So that's why the Olympics, when they go to like different countries, the countries that are hosting it or in the time zone they're hosting it, those countries are doing okay. Everybody else is doing very poorly. Exactly. Yeah, like the the U.S. I think Rio's like almost like West Coast time. So those, like our athletes, flew in like two days before it started. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, a little fun fact: it takes you about four weeks to get used to a, a new time zone. <laughs> Plus, let's not talk about, you know, the mosquitoes and all the weird chlorine and algae that's forming in all the pools. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, good times. Okay, that's enough about the Olympics. So moving on, the other topic that we have that people won't shut up about, including my puppy, uh, No Man's (laughs) Sky. Gush about No Man's Sky. Go ahead. Just do it. You got the floor. Okay, well, I have completely avoided most of the media for the last three years about the development of no man's sky i had not very much interest in in the game whatsoever until i decided to watch a review from a uh, one jim sterling who uh, basically he's ha- his website he did a review on the game he gave it a five out of ten Probably quite deservedly because the game didn't quite deliver on everything it a promised and what it, it was actually turned out for him. Everything that he criticised the game for the open the this this immense uh, open world open goal you might as well be playing Minecraft in space. All his criticisms based on those sort of, uh, I suppose, genres inspired me more to think, this is a game I would like. So <laughs> I thought, oh, bugger it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop the money. Oh, you give it in. <laughs> I, I gave in and I bought it. I uh, and... t- Typically, I am not a, a sci-fi guy. Um, I only, I, I'm going to admit this. I only bought space engineers because I enjoyed watching your videos of it, mm. <laughs> but for the most part, like you, you throw me like, if like a new star Wars games come out, I just like, whatever. And I just keep walking. Like I just, yeah, I just zero F's, you know, <laughs> and this one seems kind of interesting because I think you said it right. It does seem Minecrafty esque. You know, it's just the endless yeah. nothing. <laughs> but there's something, you, ha- you know? Yeah, you have to set your own goals. And it is an explora- exploration game, pretty much first and foremost. Um, and it uh, also, to, I suppose, its credit and detriment, the it seems to draw a, a little bit of inspiration from Spore. Now, Spore is also a game I enjoyed, it wasn't really the the end game of sport was actually pretty lackluster, but again, it was a game I enjoyed. It was a an art style that I enjoyed, and from the video review that I'd seen, was enough to convince me to say yes, I would probably enjoy this game. Hmm. I I recall the time the sport came out, and it never really. I think I I. I appreciate that Spore was made. I get the concept, and I and I do actually sort of. I would actually say this is an important game. It was part of something that sort of changed gaming. 
Mm. But at the same point, it just did not, it didn't latch on to me. It, I never, once again, it's like I enjoyed the Sims and the Sim City sort of, you know, those titles, yep. but that, that, that whole thing just, it's just something never really sunk their teeth into me enough to really play them. I think it was just the whole being able to, uh, with sport itself, was the ability to create, uh, you've been given tools to create something mm-hmm. uh, and limitations. And once you figured out those limitations of what you could, could create, it's just the uh, the amount of creativity that came out of that game <laughs> of what people could create did actually, like, uh, I suppose spawn other like kinds of games with that sort of uh, level of malleability. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Huh. But yeah, uh, yeah. also, uh, No Man's Sky is drawing on survival games. Again, yeah. a genre that I've only recently got into myself. Survival games are hot right now. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're pretty hot right now. Um, so I suppose even Minecraft being a pseudo survival game, yeah. not quite so much as the survival games they're tuning out now. But uh, like, yeah, it's having that sort of thing, which is also I have a, a vested interest in because mm-hmm. it's the games I'm. It's what I'm used to right about now. I'm still playing Ark on on, on and off. Um, just building stuff and gathering things and for no particular reason, just for the sheer fact of doing it. <laughs> That's very Minecraft-esque. It's very Minecraft-esque. And this is the main complaint everybody has with No Man's Sky. It's And it's repetibility, repeatability. You're, you're doing a task to do a task to gain something to do with do the, or virtually the same task again and people like myself it uh, it it suits me mm-hmm. it won't suit somebody who wants to have say a movie like experience yeah where you're led down they're, they're led down a path or like go through that or like an action experience it's not one of those kinds of games and luckily for no man's sky Minecraft is pretty much paved the way for that with that you know, basically changing that sort of mindset of actually defining your own goals, playing the game the way you want to play it mm-hmm. rather than being told how to play. Damn it, Ray. I think you're trying to sell me on this game. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how many times I have literally just started a new Minecraft game and just dug a big old hole in the ground just because it was just mindless fun, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And uh, to be quite honest, uh, yeah, videos will be coming to my channel, youtube.com forward slash Raytech Rages. No Man's Sky will be coming, uh, not quite as uh, involved on the actual content of my uh, channel, but uh, <laughs> there will be a few videos here or there. Nice. Because apparently every every world you visit is different. Every place you start is different. Every Everybody else who's releasing content for No Man's Sky is going to be different than everybody else. That's crazy. So uh, 
the thing that I've, I I could tell from the videos so far, uh, the thing that they've really mastered is the ability to go from running around on a planet side to just jumping into a plane and just shooting straight up into space, leaving orbit, and suddenly you're in space and you're just like, hip, I'm going to hyper jump, and you're just like, bam, to the other end of the galaxy, right? I haven't seen too many games tackle that entire thing where you go from microcosmish maps where you're just like you're on a planet you're looking at a little critter and then suddenly mm. a few minutes later you're on the other side of the galaxy you know well space engineers did quite kind of do that and a few other space sims yeah. maybe not quite with so much uh, i suppose ease or oh yeah it took a lot of effort to leave the atmosphere mm. <laughs> You know, but in this game, it makes it look yeah. so. It it this game, it's it's almost less scientific and more fantasy. You know, it more the more fantasy and almost or more arcadey. Yeah, yeah. Where you just like, but which it, yeah, it, it sort of it, it it makes the imagination of this will be this will happen someday. You know, where you could just jump in your car and suddenly, bam, you fly straight up into space. Next thing you know, mm. you're on the moon. You know, <laughs> it's just like yeah. Uh, my my only hope is that they have really decent Xbox controller support, which <laughs> they're reported to to basically have. So yeah. So you're gonna be you're definitely well, playing on PC then, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. I am waiting patiently to uh, download. However big the game is, apparently. From it's been reported to be about at six gigs, so that's not bad. That'll be maybe about a no, not quite a day, maybe about three quarters of a day for me. Really, yeah, not as bad as an arc update. (laughs) Arc is painful to install. I I finally, did I tell you, I finally uninstalled that game. I just you like, uninstalled it. I uninstalled Arc. I'm like, I I want my no. I want my 50 gigabytes of hard drive back. I'm like, <laughs> I've, I've had enough dinosaurs. I it was a great game. Trust me, I love it. But there's so much more I want to play. Like Grand Theft Auto 4. Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it sounds like well for you from my end, you're starting to break up a little bit. So uh, do you think we maybe uh, wrap up the show? Yeah, we could do that. Uh, what have you been grinding on this week, real quick? Uh, usual stuff: um, Minecraft, uh, Subnautica, and Ark, pretty much. <laughs> and you're prepping for No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll happen. On my end, uh, I've been playing GTA Four, GTA San Andreas on PlayStation Two. And, uh, of course, I started uh, playing this game on iOS called Commute. It is fun as hell. You should look into that if you got, if anybody has an iOS. I think it's actually on an uh, Android store as well. It's called Commute. It's got a ridiculously weird game mechanic, but I don't want to spoil it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a I'm fun sorry, toilet. But I was, I, I, I'm just trying so hard not to laugh because <laughs> you're, you're coming home over very robotic robotic might sound like skrillex yeah actually Um, surprisingly (laughs) you sound good on my end that's what's weird so we'll just keep going with the show uh as far as the uh donations we currently have one million supporters on patreon (laughs) i i think it's actually 
like 28 or something like that. Um, if you'd like to support the show on Players Alliance like XP Quest, simply go to the donation page where you can support the Players Alliance on Patreon. And if you'd like to reach out to us, you can always reach us at podcast at XP Quest, or you can follow us on Twitter at Players Ally, at XP Quest, at DJ Pimp Daddy, or at Raytech Rages. Oh, you're back again. Hey! And of course, Ro- Robo- Robot DJ has now left the building. Robo if you wonder, if you want to listen to that, yeah, uh, come back, watch the YouTube. Come, come on down to my yeah, watch my YouTube channel. Uh, I do actually upload a uh, a rebroadcast <laughs> of this, so uh, Which you, you get to laugh along. At YouTube.com/slash/user/slash/retechrages. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on down. You, you can follow our guests. That that was ironic. I, I left that silence there. <laughs> we didn't okay. have any guests this time. No. It's uh, just us two. <laughs> so every Mondays at eight thirty Eastern we got DDO players on the Players Alliance Network. Every other Thursday at eight thirty to nine we have XP Quest. And the last Friday of every month we have Lotro Academy. It's a fantastic that's a lovely show if you ever get a listen. They they, they sort of chew apart one topic about Lord of the Rings. To great depths. I have to tune into a little, one or two of their shows, and it's actually very quite interesting to listen to. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, every Saturday night at 8.30 Eastern, you got Lotro Players News until Lord of the Rings gets it to Moria, you know, or not Moria, to Mordor. <laughs> mm. And then the show's going to kind of fizzle after that. Is what That's my prediction. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the game's over. <laughs> yeah, where does the game go from there? I don't know. Like I, I trust me. I love Lord of the Rings Online, but I'm just not feeling it going forward in the next few years. Like they're getting, like they're right on the cusp of getting into more or to Mordor, and you know, I, I hate to be that guy, but like you know, as soon as they get there, like a year or two out, the game's gonna close well... or something. I don't know. We'll see. They've got uh, like a little bit of flexibility, like the uh, the rebuilding that sort of thing, and there will still be uh, like orc and yeah, uh, that sort of element cruising around the place. Not quite so organized, mind you, but yeah. But I mean, long term thinking though, uh, turbine mm. has even started shifting a lot of their development over to mobile games. The company that's mm-hmm. actually developing Lord of the Rings Online, and then they're owned, yep. they're owned by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is like, screw this, everything's Batman, and you know, all the the Marvel <laughs> X Men, you know, <laughs> like Marvel. <laughs> that uh, Warner Brothers has just gone off the deep end. They're, they're putting out good content, but oh, they're just they're yeah, they're shifting. What well, a re-release of Marvel superheroes, maybe? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, next episode, let's, let's, let's hash this out on the air. What are we doing? You've thrown out a couple good ones, uh, like that, um, that, that, uh, what was that RPG by 38 Studios? We should cover that at some point. Um, Knights of Amala? No, 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 it's Kingdom of Amala. Kingdom of Amala. We should do that at some point. I'm not saying we have to do that next week. I'm just throwing that out as a possibility. Um, I, I can probably say that I would be doing uh, <laughs> talking a lot about No Man's Sky. It probably wouldn't be a uh, quite an appropriate topic. Yeah, there's really uh, we no could XP probably, in yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it still will be grinding, and of course, 
we do try and find time to grind in our busy lives. <laughs> so let me just throw this out there. If you want to go in a different direction, some game, here's a game that I've never played that everybody talks about all the time. Uh, the Mass Effect series. I've only really played Mass Effect 1 for about a grand total of about 10 hours. <laughs> okay, well that's 10 hours beyond me. Okay, so we don't have to do that one. You want to do something classic like uh, Legend of Grimrock? Or... Um, oh, goodness gracious. I was just this to really good... <laughs> yes, it, it, this hurts. I have to go to my library. Um... How or do you want to go about... classic and do like a SNES game or something? Oh, come on. That's really starting to like... Also, you can delve into areas which I've never been. <laughs> I never owned an SNES. The, the first Nintendo I owned was a 64. Cough, cough, emulator. <clears throat> cough, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying go buy an SNES. I'm just saying <laughs> play the games. Classic stuff. Just trying to look through my Steam to see what I've got. Yeah, it's dangerous looking through my... It's just like, uh, <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. My finger hurts after scrolling through it. That's when you know you have too much. That's where you have a, like a, a bar on the side, which you just hold the button down and you push the <laughs> mouse. It's, it's a revolutionary thing. They've only brought it in the last, well, I don't know, 20, 30 years. I wish I could sort my library by type. Genre? You know? Yeah. Mm. That'd be a good thing. Let's see. RPG. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't just type in RPG. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> well, maybe we, we should leave like it open. Fable? Yeah, I guess we could, we could leave it open. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe I can still can try, try and convince a No Man's Sky episode. <laughs> okay. Maybe there are levels in the game we don't know yet because I'd, I haven't really played it. I'd have to find uh, $60 and uh, purchase it, of course. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh. right, that there's all that all that content that's can no doubt that's going to be uh, produced. <laughs> so you can you can just, just sit and absorb uh, like videos while I while I play the game. So are there any MMOs out there that you've played extensively that are free to play now that we could discuss? Something you could just do from rote memory? Probably Lotro. Lotro. Yeah, we haven't mm-hmm. we haven't done a Lord of the Rings online. We ha- we haven't done that episode yet, so the uh, furthest I've gotten to that was when they brought out the uh, Lothlorien uh update. Oh my god, that's exactly where I'm at too in the game. <laughs> There you go. There it is. Next week, Lord of the Rings Online. Maybe we might be able to drag some, like, maybe some oh, people I'll, like uh, White, Whiteberry back on. I will get some people in this chat. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next week, Lord of the Rings Online. We're gonna put that there game. Go. We're gonna put that game to bed once and for all, so we don't have to talk about it again. <laughs> uh, of course, if you want to listen to any of the other professional Lord of the Rings Online shows, go out to theplayersalliance.com. <laughs> so. Uh, Everybody, uh, thanks for listening, and find time for that grind out there. Absolutely. Absolutely.